1: strange familiars everybody how are you doing allison i'm okay it's good to hear i'm glad you're okay <laughs> it would be bad if you weren't okay because you know why
2: you should have picked up on it could live they, in the same house
1: well yeah there's a, oh yeah, this is a leading this yeah, is. oh okay. this was this was a, like this was ruined, a yes and thing i
2: and, uh, i yeah i can't do that i ruined it i'm sorry
1: because Twitch day is coming up on saturday oh,
2: yeah i wouldn't want to miss that
1: <laughs> exactly Hey, everybody. Twitch Day is coming up on Saturday. You may have heard a few seconds ago. It's in Columbia, Pennsylvania, at the Columbia Riverfront. I believe the building is called Columbia Crossing.
2: Oh, that's the one you looked up because we couldn't remember the name of it?
1: I didn't even look it up. I just remembered it. Oh. But if you find Columbia and you find the riverfront, you can see the bridge from the Columbia Riverfront. I
2: promise you, you will not miss it. Yeah, it's not
1: hard to find. One of my favorite days of the year, Twitch Day. Great collection of people. I love meeting listeners. I love talking to everybody that comes out. It's going to be a chilly one, so bundle up. But we'll be there. I'll have books. I will have t-shirts, including the new Strange Familiar's Glow-in-the-Dark t-shirts. We have them in hand. I will have art prints and more. John from Riverbend Comics will be there. He's going to be setting up selling some paranormal-type comics.
2: And you're giving a talk, right?
1: I am giving a talk. It's gonna be my Toad Road Talk. I was gonna do something on the Witch Cloud, but it kinda of covers a lot of the same ideas and
2: The location is a lot closer to Toad Roads.
1: So. Yeah, I think so years and years ago, like way, way back, like maybe the second or third Alba Twitch day, I did my Toad Road Talk before. But there's so much new stuff I've added since then. So they requested that I do the Toad Road Talk since it's local and I'm happy to do it. It's honestly it's Probably my favorite talk of mine to give. So I'll be giving the Toad Road talk. We'll be hanging out all day, selling books, selling T-shirts, selling Strange Familiars stickers and patches and more.
2: Everybody knows what an Albatwitch is, right?
1: I think if they listen to Strange Familiars, maybe, you know, probably. are our, our local little person, as they call them, our little hairy little foot. Let's call it a little foot. Okay. It's like a little big foot. It's a hair-covered thing, maybe uh, three to four feet tall glowing eyes supposed to live in the woods along the susquehanna in york and lancaster county it's sort of um spiritual home is Chickies rock i guess but uh,
2: which is right up the road from yeah, columbia is, right
1: yep but a lot of sightings in york county especially lately i think we have more sightings in york county in recent years than they've had in lancaster county
2: so he's crossed the bridge he think was always think he here. goes over the old bridge or the new
1: bridge? <laughs> he was always here. I found in an old book of folklore from Maryland a reference to a guy who saw what he was calling puckamawudgies, by description, small hairy things, uh, just over the line in Maryland. And this is back in the 1800s. So they've been on both sides of the river and all around here. Albatwitch Day, October 8th, Columbia, Pennsylvania at the Columbia Riverfront. Come by, say hi. Hope to see you there. We'll be there all day. Shivering in the cold, cold weather.
2: If you'd like to see one of my many blankets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you bringing a blanket?
2: Yeah, (laughs) probably bring a blanket.
1: If you're not coming to Alba Twitch Day, you want one of those glow-in-the-dark t-shirts. And I think you want one of those glow-in-the-dark t-shirts. You can pick them up on Etsy. They're in our Etsy shop now. We do have them in hand. Like I said, right now we have all sizes small through 3XL. Get them while they're hot.
2: They were actually regular T-shirts, and then we just took them up to Three Mile Island and just left them in a box for a couple days, and then we just drove them back down.
1: Don't tell people that. <laughs> I <was> just kidding. <laughs> like, oh, my. No, they're professionally printed with glow-in-the-dark ink. So on tonight's show, we're going to be talking with Casey, who's got a lot of really neat stories, including UFOs, nighttime invaders. She has a little foot sighting from down on the eastern shore of Maryland stories about orbs, and then my favorite, which she saved for last when we were talking, is this frog woman she's seen multiple times.
2: Can Mm. I ask a quick question? Sure. Was the frog wearing clothes? Is that how you know? Like, Do you see frog genitalia? How do you know?
1: I got into this with her. Okay. All answered in the interview. All right. Before we talk to Casey, though, next weekend is Strange Realities. Every year we tend to have adam and surf on to talk about strange realities so we're going to have them pop on and give us a little preview of what's going on with strange realities who's speaking there and more so let's go ahead and talk with adam and surf adam and surfiel conspiranormal, how are you doing tonight guys doing well thank you for having us strange realities what number is this this is going to be number four. The fourth one wow time flies. Yeah. Four.
3: yeah you were part of the first one and you've been part of all of them yeah this the second one of course everybody was remote you were remote for the last well 2021 and remote for this year but we flew you out here back in 2019 oh yeah back in the day pre-pandemic
1: yes I remember I had smashed my knee the night before on a Bigfoot investigation. I mm, had to yes, hobble through many, many airports. Yeah, that was
3: an adventure for you, I think. I oh, it yeah. been the first time i have been on a plane for... Long time. I think you said, like, several years, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Before that, it was probably the year 2000 or so that I was on a plane. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, strange realities, this Wonderful conference that you've had for three years in a row. This will be the fourth, as you said. Who's showing up this year? Who's talking?
3: All right. So we've got several great speakers this year. Of course, you are one of them, Tim, for sure. I'm closing it out. You are closing it out. And as I like to say, we're actually going to start with a Tim and end with a Tim. Because at the very start of it, we have Tim Banal. He's going to be talking about the Yuba City Five. And I'll just kind of go down the list of the people that we have this year. Yeah. We'll talk about who we who we actually have in-house. Samantha Engel and Aaron Gullius from the Great Lakes Lore podcast. And also Aaron is on the Saucer Live podcast. They're going to speak on Friday night. And we've got Rin Collier. He's going to be doing a ritual on Friday night as well. And also on Friday night... This is on October 14th, by the way. We have... Uh, this is all in-house. We have a film that is going to be shown by Chris Ernst that is about... You know him, and I know him, Soraya Ascath, of Where Did the Road Go?
4: And it's a world premiere of this film. Yes. And, and Chris I- will be there talking about it, and Soraya will be coming in remote to uh, talk about what it was like to be the subject
1: Right. It's about Soraya, but it's about where did the road go and, like, kind of the paranormal stuff. It leans heavily on that aspect of it.
3: Saturday, the 15th, we've got a, like a full roster of people coming to the conference and being, and speaking. Starting off at the, in the morning, Delaney Bowers, who is a folklorist from Kentucky, and she's going to be talking about some, it's like a treasure hunting type of thing. Yeah, she's doing manifestation. Like
4: this, yeah, she's doing like this ritualistic uh, study in preparation for her presentation, uh, where she's gonna be kind of going on a treasure hunting psychic quest and she's gonna be documenting that and detailing it and she's uh deep into some of this treasure hunting legends and lore right now, so that's gonna be pretty wild.
1: She's on the Strange Familiars Discord. She was talking a little bit about it on there. Awesome. Awesome. Good.
3: And following her is Chris Ernst, who's going to be speaking, and he is going to be talking kind of like a, a follow-up to his presentation last year, which is kind of about these uh, Indian holy men traditions. That's what he's going to be talking about. And after lunch on Saturday, we have two workshops. We have one by Kiki Dombrowski and one by Michael, Michael Hughes, and Kiki is going to be doing kind of like a hands-on
4: Like a DIY uh, crafting for divination tools and simple kind of magic that you can uh, do just using some uh, basic craft materials. So that'll be really cool and participatory. Then Michael Hughes is going to be doing a tarot workshop. Uh, We really wanted to do something different this year and and have some workshops and uh, a film and uh, Ren doing like a ritual and, and really trying to switch it up to do something different besides just a usual presentation. So we're really looking forward to those workshops. It'll be a nice opportunity for people to uh, work together, meet each other, hang out, and do something fun.
3: And after that, we've got Steve Berg. He's going to be talking about some of the uh, weirdness that is going on in his native Nebraska.
4: A true pioneer in I know, Nebraska yeah. Fortean
3: studies. I mean, when you think of weirdness at Fortiana, do you think of Nebraska? Steve Berg is going to change that for you. Heck yeah. And we've got Recluse from the Farm Podcast going to be following him. He's going to have an interesting presentation. It's kind of like about uh, some highways and roads and Indian mounds and all kinds of interesting stuff. After dinner on Saturday night, uh, we've got in succession Nathan Isaac from Penny Royal. We've got Adam Gowrightly going to be speaking and John Tenney, who is going to finish us up with a choose your own, or make your own conspiracy theory. Adventure. It's a powerful lineup.
4: Yeah, so another another cool uh, participatory, fun, different kind of presentation to end the night. So that uh, Saturday will be really, really active.
3: And on Sunday, uh, we've got kind of a nice low-key day. With a, We start off with a couple of speakers, one of which is sitting right next to me right now. Sergio is going to be speaking. Uh, debut at Strange Realities. I got to have my chance last year. He gets his this year. And Olaf Phillips is going to be the last kind of like live speaker, in-house speaker. Then after that, we've got a set of four remote speakers with Melody Blackthorne, who's going to be talking about some ideas she has about the Bell Witch, which of course is here in Tennessee, David Metcalf, and Micah Hanks, and of course yourself, Timothy Renner.
1: All right. So what's that? Three full days?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much.
1: Yeah. So where can people Find it. Where can they get tickets? Where do they tune in if they're remote? Where do they go if they're local?
3: You can find tickets at Strange Conference.com. It's $70 to come here to Nashville and get into our venue that we've had for the last few years, which is called SIR Nashville, which stands for Studio Instrument Rentals. They do just that, but they have also uh, sound stages and internet access for us to stream this thing remotely so they can go there our $30 for the online stream. And we do have a special for people that if there are in the Nashville area, middle Tennessee, or just Tennessee, if you want to come out for a day, you can pay $30 for just the day rate. That's also something people can do, but for the online stream, we're going to have like a private Facebook group that you guys can get in when you buy your ticket You'll get a link to that. You'll need to answer a couple of questions that you bought your ticket, and we will let you in the group.
1: Did I hear you say there's going to be a non-Facebook option as well?
3: Yeah, we'll have a non-Facebook option for people that don't want to use Facebook.
1: Because I know of at least one strange familiar's listener. He just keeps saying every year, I wish it wasn't on Facebook. It's good that there will be options as well and they can just contact you regarding that
5: absolutely yeah yeah
1: sounds good give the website one more time strange realities conference.com thanks so much thanks for putting on this event thanks for asking me back all right we'll see everybody october 14th to the 16th at strange realities
4: thank you
1: all right Make sure to check out their podcast, Conspire Normal. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Next up, we have Casey. We're talking with Casey, who's got some stories to share with us. How are you doing tonight, Casey?
6: I'm doing okay. Doing great.
1: Thanks for coming on Strange Familiars. So your email said that you, I guess you found some stuff in Alex's story from the Warriors episodes, that I did, you found familiar.
6: It took me a back, and you know, in my email, I told you I really sat with it for a minute because even as he was kind of going through it, that whole spiderweb of of stuff, and as he's talking, um, it just started. All of these things started coming back, and not that I forgot them necessarily, but. It was definitely a, a wow moment for me. So mm-hmm. the biggest thing being, you know, as I think it was in the second part, he relayed the green egg shaped glowing craft. Yeah. And that completely like took my breath away. You know, I travel a lot for work. So I was driving and I had to stop. I'm like, get out of here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I can't tell you how many times, you know, I, tried to google it and figure out so we live on the eastern tour of maryland and quite literally about maybe a mile and a half down the road is the regional airport and so we're used to hearing and seeing things in the skies and can pretty much just wipe it away if i do see something strange you know it's an airplane or whatever it is and we have an old farmhouse and actually quite a bit As I was, I wrote to you, you know, this morning and I was thinking about everything, all of my really intense or formative experiences have happened at this house or within a three to five mile radius of this house. So talking about Alex's experience in that green craft, I could have sworn it was just there. It was hanging (laughs) out on the horizon and I wanted to say it was a blimp, but you can't find a glow in the dark blimp anywhere. I googled it; oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Like, like so, it was that deep phosphorescent green. But you know when you crack or first crack open a, a glow stick,
5: mm-hmm. yeah,
6: and that whole thing just kind of shines at you. Like that's what it was doing. And it, it, I don't want to say it had this undulating pulse to it, but it did. And I'm like let me go see if anybody else is around. So I run inside to find somebody in the family, but I couldn't find anyone. And it took me, I don't know, I went inside for maybe all of 10 to 15 seconds and it was gone. Mm. Yeah, so just for him to have seen that. And then...
1: When you saw it, how old were you?
6: I was about 16 or 17 years old.
1: And what were you doing when you saw it?
6: We live in the country there's not much else to do so I was quite literally just like hanging out on the front porch you know know, seeing if anybody was around but nobody was because like I said we're out not too far in the country but far enough I don't even know how it appeared in the sky but it was just there almost now that I'm trying my I'm going into that memory and there was nothing on it there was no flight deck or cockpit area there was and this was probably around eight o'clock in the evening so it was dark but it wasn't pitch black dark it wasn't like this was a midnight kind of a thing and we also have a local minor league baseball team so their stadium is also I guess I would say it's about two to three miles north of the airport. So I'm like, well, maybe they had some kind (laughs) of glow-in-the-dark blitz event. I don't know. (laughs) I was just trying to rationalize as much as I could. But at that point, especially given this house, that was probably the least weird thing. Really? That has happened, yeah, at that house. I have so many experiences... And who knows if they're connected and, and, and I'm sure that they are all kind of woven together. But I just in listening to his story and then feeling it, having it resonate with things that I went through, especially, like I said, just the biggest one being the green craft within like a three to five mile radius of this house. And even listening to you and Josh talk with Alex about uh, and, and you just talked other folks through in your podcast and in strange familiars about uh, you know well was there moving water in all of these places there's been moving water it's even tim right up to the house i'm in today and the strange part about the house today is that this is the furthest away that i've been from like the nexus of my experiences and there's been some wild things happening here Hmm. In the last, like, three to six months. But anyhow, getting back to those kind of formative things and and connecting them to Alex and just having those stories kind of all come together. I remember my first sleep paralysis and lucid dream. I was probably about five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, And people keep
1: telling me, sorry to interrupt you, but people keep telling me that they had this when they're young. Which I mean, yeah. I totally believe him, but I didn't get it till I was 18, maybe 19. And it, really? was, it was horrifying at that age. I cannot imagine being a little kid and having to deal with sleep Terrifying. paralysis. Terrifying. Wow. Terrifying. Wow.
6: And so not only did I have sleep paralysis and did I see entities in the room. So funny, you know, this, I told you, I wanted to check with my family before talking about the family house. hmm But I also, you know, my mom and I, she was a single mom raising me, you know, the first nine, ten years of my life. And so I'm relaying these things to her and she's this like confirming and she's like, Casey, she's like, you've always been haunted. Hmm. She's like, we've always been haunted. She's like, I remember your great grandmother walking down the hall and going into your room to quiet you when you were crying because you woke up from a nap. She's like, and she had been dead for 12 years. Wow. So, you know, it happened at that house. So that house, my grandmother's house that we were living in when I had my very first sleep paralysis uh, is about two miles away from the family house where a lot of those other experiences, the most formative experiences happened. So it kind of hit me today how... Who knows? Maybe maybe the family house was drawing us all in. We were eventually getting there. I don't know. But <laughs> mm. all of this happened um, so close together. But yeah, at five, I remember seeing entities in the room. And those were gray. And then as I got older, at the same house where I saw the craft, the entities turned black. Just absolutely terrifying. So I wasn't... Scared of them when I was younger I was scared that I couldn't move Mm -hmm. but I wasn't scared of what was in the room per se and then I've always been able to come out of my body and it feels wild I feel like I sound crazy when I talk about those astral projections I now have a word for it Mm -hmm. you know so I remember even as a child if I wasn't in a sleep paralysis episode where You know, I couldn't move, but I could see everything happening in the room. I distinctly remember coming like out of my body and seeing myself sleeping and being able to like move down the hall before I would be like zapped back into my body. Yeah. Ultimately, the furthest I could go when I was young, I made it to like the front yard Hmm. of my grandmother's house. I could stand in the street and see my neighbor's house across the street and then, you know, I'd be zapped back. So I've always had that ability and I still have that. I think I just had the last, like almost, I don't know, three weeks ago was my last one.
1: (laughs) Can you do it at Um, will?
6: So I've tried that where I would, you know, try to center myself and, and when I fall into sleep, I will know. So not that I can necessarily like push myself out willingly very well, but I will know when it's going to happen. And so it's almost like the sleep paralysis because it will start to scare me. I'll take control of that. And I learned how to, this sounds so nuts, Tim.
1: (laughs) It's strange. (laughs) Sorry.
6: Hey, right. (laughs) I learned how to effectively, like, I guess my astral self will sit up in my body and then I'll roll out. Oh, interesting. And that, Yeah, and that way, because the other ways that I was doing it, it only happened once where I, (laughs) this once again sounds absolutely bizarre, but I came out of the top of my head instead of coming out of the center of me, (laughs) I guess, so Mm -hmm. to speak, and that scared the living hell out of me because it, it also went with like this boom, like it felt like I exploded and it sounded like I exploded out of my head. So I was only able to get out of it that one way. And so, of course, in trying to figure out what the hell was going on with me, I realized like this was a thing and you could practice and like make yourself, you know, sit up or, or you know, all of these different types of process and procedures, I guess, <laughs> when mm-hmm. it comes to that. So,
1: what did these gray yeah. entities look like? Are we talking <laughs> gray aliens or are you talking just they were gray?
6: When I was younger these gray entities uh i wouldn't say alien they were kind of formless like i couldn't distinctly see any facial features but i could see the head and neck and shoulders i could see just a gray being there Mm -hmm. and then uh, another time that i saw them it was like They were formless again, I guess, humanoid in shape. They kind of were like beckoning me to come out and through the door in this weird kind of swirly vortex of a portal kind of a deal. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, is that my dream world mixing with whatever? I don't know. I just I just know that those things kind of they happen for me. And they, they've always happened for me. It's always been something that... And they turned... You said they
1: turn black later.
6: Yeah. So, you know, moving into the family house, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just say it that way. In moving to the family house, and so when I say the family house, it's uh, myself, my mom, my stepdad, and my two brothers. It was initially just a two-story farmhouse. And... Of course, you know, what did we want to do? We wanted to renovate. <laughs> <laughs> and it kicked off all kinds of crazy things. So, effectively, once we were essentially done building, myself and my youngest brother had the third story. And so, my room was towards the back of the house and his was towards the front. That was and continues to be the most terrified I've ever been in the sleep paralysis, in the lucid dreaming. So I learned how to roll out of my body so that it didn't feel as scary. But at the family house, I was yanked out of my body Mm. every time. It wasn't anything nice. So those entities there I remember. So there were several different types and they were always above my head and they would look almost like black swirly smoky spiders and they would be small and there would be numerous of them I would say you know up to like five or seven of them and they would grow and not that they had eight legs they might have had 12 legs but it just imagine like a starburst but made of black smoke Mm
5: -hmm.
6: and they would all start to grow and come closer and then it always happened in the same corner of the room this big giant black smoky many tendrilled entity that I, I can still remember the tendrils coming like down the wall and wanting to like Get me out of my body, and I would just be in that sleep paralysis mode and trying to wake up (laughs) Mm -hmm. any possible way that I could. And of course, you know, waking up screaming is never fun. But (laughs) I'm sure that you've possibly experienced that. So
1: I've woken up screaming. Yeah, Yeah, sure.
6: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay for anybody to feel that, and so I never. For those entities, the eyes would be yellow for me if it did have eyes, if it wasn't the tendril ones. And then for my brother, though, he started seeing it. And this is the same brother that shared the third floor space with me. Mm -hmm. But for him, the eyes were red Hmm. and he would, you know, it's not funny, because, but, you know, I'm 19, 20, 21. And so he's about eight, nine years younger than me. And he would just come running into my room, you know, and mm. say that it, I saw it again. It, it was there. And he had the same deal. Sleep paralysis. I, I don't know if there's ever, like, it's just like a familial thing. But my grandfather had the same thing in that same house. My grandmother's house. Of course, my grandfather's house, too. He would wake up screaming because he would see something in his room. So, I don't know. All these things, I'm getting all emotional here. It's crazy to think about generationally, potentially something going on, you know? And how you could, I don't know, change that. I don't know if you can.
1: Other than the color of the eyes, was your brother basically describing the same entities then?
6: So, his entity, though, the one that would come to him he would say look, would look like a Grim Reaper.
5: Hmm.
6: His would have the red eyes. He said once that it had the scythe, but his would be the Grim Reaper or that.
1: I don't know how much you've listened to the show, but you know, we've had all of these on the show before. We've had the squiddy tentacle thing. We've had Really? The, we've had the shadow spiders. We've had the Grim Reaper thing too. Yeah, yeah.
6: Wow. And that's even freakier, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, but but that's also, you know, Tim. Truly, that's part of what really motivated me to to write in. I found you guys during, of course, you know, the pandemic, like everybody else. So, mm-hmm. and I'm still working my way through your episodes, but in hearing that, you know, it, I guess the strange is a little bit familiar. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah.
1: I think when people hear like, oh, wait, somebody else saw this, they can at least go, okay, I'm not crazy and I'm not alone, right? Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. 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 You know, getting back to Alex, when he saw the little hairy guy in his room, Mm -hmm. I had that same thing, but I was probably, so this was at another house, once again, only about two miles away from the family house. I was taking it up I don't know one random weekend day and I had another episode of sleep paralysis and out of the corner of the living room, this small hairy being popped up and I would say no bigger than maybe two, three feet and ran over and and what was even crazier is I could hear his steps ran over to like the foot of the couch that I was taking a nap on and you know he was covered in long hair and I don't remember his eyes but I wasn't scared of him which is strange for the other things but I also had never seen this one before and I haven't seen him since other than when I had my incident driving into work and I saw the small hairy beast on the side of the road, <laughs> but I was awake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: So was that you know? after having this sleep paralysis experience?
6: Yes. So that happened in my twenties. So that happened in 2011. It was in the morning. So I was driving into work probably around eight nine o'clock in the morning and taking a back way into work, you know, because I needed a break after working in Baltimore and working with some troubled youth for almost two years. So, I came back home um, and I just got a job working at a local restaurant down at the beach and never had any strange incidents happen on this road before, but in driving that morning, I am getting up to this area, I guess, that's super rural. So lots of fields and trees and marshy areas. And I am passing, getting ready to, to go through
5: this patch.
6: Um, uh, there's, like I said, some, some lot, a waterway over to the right of me. And I see this small, hairy, like, it sounds so nuts, but it was like an E-lock, but with long hair and it was like marshy, grassy, muddy hair standing next to the guardrail. And I just like, I stopped. <laughs> I just, this is just my car. I slammed the brakes and I just stopped. And it and it looked at me and its eyes, though, holy s***, you know how I said all my entities had yellow eyes.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Its eyes were yellow. Mm. So not did, that it did, was the smoky entity, but <laughs>
1: did they have? Was it like a glow to them, or just just solid yellow?
6: Like a yellow, like just uh, like a yellow cat's eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't. It did not shaped like a cat's eye, but right, it was just right. a yellow. It was yellow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And
1: how tall was this?
6: Uh, about, so it was at the guardrail, but it was easily like a foot and a half, almost two feet higher than the guardrail. So maybe like four foot.
5: Okay.
6: Totally. Yeah. About four foot. It looked at me and I looked at it, and, uh, but once again, just like with the sleep paralysis episode, when I saw that small entity, I I wasn't afraid. And almost, you know, like I said, it was almost like I knew instinctively to to kind of like talk to it with my mind <laughs> rather than, I don't know what else, like hon- honk my horn or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, you know, like I said, I, it's these, these things that could be and feel so wild that it's just can be hard to convey, I guess, sometimes, but...
1: What color fur or hair?
6: So the hair was probably a dark brown, yellow eyes. It had mud, though. It was muddy, and it had grass, too, like grasses in there. I have no idea what it is. I literally, I read the word, I was like, I just saw an Ewok on the side of the road. Was
1: was the bill bulky, like Ewoks?
6: Not as stocky, but mm-hmm. a little bit, like, leaner. It was a little leaner,
1: mm-hmm.
6: if that makes sense. It didn't toddle either, because it went back to the woods that it, behind it. So it was facing out into the road, and it just kind of, boop, it went, I don't know how else to explain I don't want to say it blipped back into the woods, but it, it moved, it was gone, like, So it it, moved quickly.
1: Okay. But it, it walked or.
6: It almost feels like it took a step back, but I feel like it was forward as well. I don't know how else to describe this weird transition that it did. It just went right back into the woods.
1: People. I I mean, people describe the way these things move as like just weird. Like they're like, they're not touching the ground in a way like they're 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 you, wa- walking like an inch above the ground or something you know imperceptibly
6: like it was gliding back into mm, the woods
1: mm-hmm. yeah it,
6: and i just how do you <laughs> you know i'm thinking okay you know maybe a raccoon <laughs> <laughs> was i don't know you know you try just like i thought this great
1: phosphorescent
6: thing in the sky with a blimp you know right (laughs) you try to really um make sense of it i guess some things you
1: just can't did you see its face
6: so i remember its eyes and its face was just as dark and muddy. And it wasn't as if there was any lightness coming through or if there was like less fur or not. Mm -hmm. It was just dark. And it didn't have like that weird, like goofy ewok. Right, right, right. Kind of like a cuddly thing to it. I just remember that. I mean, it lasted 20 seconds, which Mm -hmm. is long enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I just could not
1: believe it. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. And sorry, I'm the hairy things are like they're my favorite. Bigfoot, all these oh, yeah. all these hairy no. creatures. So I ask a million questions. Did you happen to see its hands? No, yeah. I don't remember its hands. And, and honestly, so I like, was
6: easily Go ahead.
1: Honestly, when you say like I saw its eyes, and like you know, not to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you were kind of focused on on the eyes. That happens a lot where people will see these things and they'll just focus in on one detail, like the mouth or the eyes or the hands or something. So it's not unusual that you're saying, like, well, I remember the eyes, you know. Yeah. That's that's not unusual.
6: I wish, you know, in the haze of it, of it all that, you know, I could have like clocked all that wonderful stuff, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just, but it was just wild to me that I wasn't afraid of it. Like that should have been, well, I guess, you know, I guess if you're in a car, maybe you're not going to be too afraid because there's some distance there, but it wasn't as if it was far away from me. I would say 50 feet, a hundred foot at most, but still, it was it was enough that I know it was bipedal. I know that it looked at me. I know that for however ever strange it sounds that we had this understanding that I wasn't going to do anything. It wasn't going to do anything. And then it just kind of did its thing. It moved and glided itself back to where I guess it was coming from.
1: it was just wild woods nearby
6: yes so Mm -hmm. it was like it was coming out of the woods
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
6: and that woods also has like a little creek so that's where that guardrail was it was effectively like on an embankment there was a little creek that kind of runs under that or around that um, that road area those are my only two hairy things
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i like all the stuff but, but you know i do like the hairy monsters
6: The family house. So I would say that that incident where I saw this creature on the side of the road, that probably happened only about maybe about eight to 10 miles away from the family house. So, you know, that's, I guess, the furthest one is that we had that waking moment. You know, I keep kind of referring back to this nexus of stuff. Mm-hmm. So much stuff has happened. So even when we first moved into the house, before we started any renovation, I had just turned 11. And I remember the house, when you came up, um, we had our two rooms, my parents room was next to me with my brothers you know they were younger at that point so they were still in need of them kind of looking over them and after them after they were while they were sleeping Mm -hmm. and um in my room and so i remember i would just be there in in bed and my bed would shake violently violently as if it was trying to throw me out wow yeah, and so, of course, I would run and go right next door uh, and, you know, let my mom know. There were so many things that happened there, even in that same room. So we've always had, we're, we're animal lovers. Uh, even right now, you know, I'm walking around my three cats that are wondering what I'm doing, you know, and why I'm <laughs> not paying attention to them. They're like, excuse me, <laughs> why are you outside without me? But we had a cat. And so I was laying down in my bed one day, you know, doing whatever teenagers do, you know. And so I was trying to get myself to sleep, and I felt an animal, my cat, I thought, jump up on the bed. So I kind of I turned myself over, and I'm frozen and watching the imprints of cat's paws. Coming toward me with no cat. Hmm. And so, of course, once again, I jump up, you know, absolutely frightened after being, you know, completely paralyzed by fear watching this and and go into my mother's room. And then uh, another, and I don't know what the deal with the cat was, unless it was the same, I don't know, entity that maybe morphed into. Whatever else, because it's the same house just renovated,
1: mm-hmm.
6: and then I, it just sounds so wild. I keep rattling this off, and I'm so sorry.
1: This is where I live.
6: So. I okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. so, so had that cat incident, and I was like I said, I just turned 11, so I was probably you know moving into 11, 12 range right now, and I had gone into the room, and I'm always a person. You know, just like your wife, I need lights on. (laughs) It's not happening. I'm not sleeping without a light on. I'm not going into a dark room. No, not going to happen. So I was coming upstairs into that bedroom. And for whatever reason, I didn't turn the light on. And so I I oh. the light switch was to the right and so i went to put my hand up to flip the switch and i looked to the right as well and in this common space in my bedroom sat a giant black cat with orange eyes and i had a black and white cat and that was surely not my cat Mm -hmm. and i just was frozen i was absolutely frozen i couldn't do anything else about it and of course I flipped the switch it was not there when the light was back on which coincides with you know as I was talking to my family my mom says well remember the dog (laughs) you know she's like I thought someone had broken into our house because the dog for like a week after that would just run upstairs and sit outside of my bedroom and snarl Mm. and growl and would not come away from the edge of my bedroom. I wasn't there. I would be in school or whatever. So this would be in the broad daylight. Wow. And my mom would have to pull. His name was Max. He was the best. We'd have to pull knocks from the door of that bedroom. So something is in that house. Something was in that house. It was so active, so active.
1: The cat thing, the, the weird thing, like, you know, my mind is just going places right so yeah what do i know but i'm sitting here th- wondering like was that you know the other whatever whatever this, this stuff is thinking yeah. like well she has a pet cat i'll make myself right. into a cat and you know be more appealing let me
6: get closer this way yeah and appeal yeah. in that way yeah absolutely possible but the things that just happened there and the things that felt unsafe there You know, and it wasn't even that we had a house full of negativity. If anything, you know, we were extremely close family, but something was there, and and I really think something's still there. There, There's just, it's a different energy when you walk into the house, when you're on the the ground so we have about two and a half acres so it was an old farmhouse and we used to have barns up and we still have one of the barns up it was a concrete barn we got rid of the other wooden ones and in the floor of that concrete barn is of course the gentleman who built the home his son had written his name in the concrete the date was like 1937 or something like that and The freaky thing also, while we were doing our renovations, we were finding toys in the walls. Hmm. And then when we were tearing down part of the fireplace in the old den, we found a picture of a boy, you know. But he was wearing maybe like, I don't know, 60s garb, kind of like the wide lapel, brown checkered coat or whatever. But the strange thing about it was that same brown haired little boy would show up in spirit constantly. I remember we're coming home one night from a softball game and it's probably like 839 o'clock and I'm driving with my mom. It's just her and I used to coach um, my teams and as we're driving into the to the driveway we look up onto the second floor cuz it wasn't fully renovated yet and that was where my brother slept and we saw what we thought was my brother who had brown hair and, and she was upset because he he should have been in bed and you know what was my stuff that I'd doing you know out there so you know she comes in the house ready to go right <laughs> <laughs> why are the kids in bed this is nuts and we walked in and, everyone's asleep in the living room on the first floor no one was awake whatsoever and so that was just a moment where she was like there's no way there's no way that was your brother staring out the window i said that she's not he's right there and so that was like one of the biggest memories i have of, of that particular spirit
7: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
6: That was like the biggest, I guess, human spirit here was this. But then again, like with the cat... Did we have some weird mimicking entity in this house that just, it, it went for what we, what it thought we would know? And mm, yeah. then.
1: Yeah. I wonder. And just, and of course it doesn't get it right because the other. It n- doesn't
6: get it all the way right. Yeah. 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 yeah
1: even when it's trying it's, it doesn't get it right there's something off about it doesn't
6: it. quite no it's, it's completely off with it at some point you know I'm, it's just interesting you bring that up because now you know i can look at it at a different perspective and, and consider that the possibility you know because mm-hmm. it would have it, it, it should have been my brother that should have been who was in that window you know and and Was it maybe a coincidence that later on down the line, we found this picture of this brown-haired boy, possibly? So, of course, because we're having all these encounters and experiences, because it wasn't just me, it was my mom, and then it eventually got to my brother's. My stepdad kind of always stayed a little bit out of it, except for one day, the faucets kept turning on, of course. Mm. (laughs) So...
1: You That'll know, get and, a dad and, mad.
6: <laughs> so, well, yeah, so, he, you know, he's doing work on the house. So that morning, this little boy entity, spirit, whatever it was, was behind me. So I was coming down getting ready for my day. I was in high school at this point, so I was probably 14, 15 And my mom was, you know, bumbling her way down to get coffee (laughs) and get herself ready to take me to school. And she's in the kitchen. I'm standing in the kitchen door. And she kind of groggily looks over. And once again, she says, what is your brother doing awake? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, he's right behind you. And I turn. And, of course, you know, inevitably, there's nothing or no one there. And she goes to check and... He's still sleeping. And so we're relaying this later on in the day to my stepfather. And he's like, no. And we're like, hey, it is happening. The the lights are flickering. Their sink is turning on. We're seeing this boy, child, spirit entity. And he's like, you know, laughing at us. And he's kind of standing in the kitchen. And behind him is the kitchen sink. And when I tell you that thing turned on full tilt, all, the whole neck of it went all the way up, and it just started spurting water out. And he looks at us, and we like, we told you, man. like Wow. Yeah, that house was wild. That house was absolutely wild. So even, you know, and finding, like, toys in the walls and pictures of random kids or kids. Yeah, when
1: when uh, his spirit would appear, was he wearing the checkered jacket? See,
6: no, he wasn't. He didn't wear the checkered jacket. He wore a white shirt with like a blue collar. Interesting. Yeah, every time. And how he appeared was distinctly younger than that picture specifically Mm -hmm. of the checkered jacket. But with that house, as we started doing some kind of... I guess, research for whatever you could do in the, the early 2000s, <laughs> you know what I mean? We still lived, so effectively, the family that built that house had owned hundreds of acres around that area. So the street that we lived on was actually named after that family that built that house. And so that family's extended family lived down the street still. And so my mother, being uh, the superhero that she is, (laughs) decided she was going to go knock on this lady's door and ask her, you know, and she was a little hesitant until my mom left her number. And I guess, you know, later on, my mom was able to make contact with this lady and she effectively relayed that the gentleman that built this house. And that's also why I'm being very careful to call it the family house, because I don't want to say anything that that family might get pre- yeah. presumably upset about. Yeah, sure. Um, but that gentleman was apparently a not so good man with lots of violence and just nastiness to him. <laughs> so that house presumably saw a lot of not good things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that potentially was the seed or. If that fed it, I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not either, other than what the one relative relayed to my mother.
5: Right, right.
6: Orbs were huge at that house green orbs and bright orangey pink ones.
1: Hmm. Inside or outside?
6: Inside. So the green ones were always small. So those were always about the size of a baseball. And then they would get smaller. And the green ones would always come close. So this is where the activity started to affect my brothers. My brothers and I together. So the green ones would come up close. So I had a a middle brother and then a baby brother. And so with the baby brother, and the baby brother is also the one that saw the hooded entity, Mm -hmm. so that green orb would always come up and would blink between him and I. And it would always blink three times, and then it would go away. Oh, wow. So we had recliners in, we called it the parlor room or the big room. So we had like a great big living room in the front of the house. And then we had a den in the middle and then the kitchen. And so him and I, we would sit in the recliners in the big room and that green orb would would appear between the both of us, blink three times and go away. Or it would come to me, you know, being a teenage kid, because that was also the computer room that every cool kid had, you know. <laughs> and would blink three times at me. I was not scared of the green orb, but I was deathly afraid of the pink-orange one.
1: Wow, interesting.
6: So the pink-orange one, instead of blinking, it would almost a zigzag, and it would never come close, and it only stayed in the corners of the room. It could be any time of day for the pink-orange one. But the most frightening experience that I remember is now the, the pink-orange one. So, so, I don't know what else to call it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that only appeared when I was with my middle brother. Uh, he never saw the green one, and the baby brother never saw the pink-orange one. So uh, I don't know if there's connection there or not. So it it came out of nowhere and that one was, that one always was large. And that one was about the size of a volleyball and it was in the corner of the room. We had like a built-in bookcase and it just started wildly zigzagging in this corner. And my brother and I, so it was just him and I at home. I was watching him, and we were frozen, absolutely just terrified. Because what is that? What is going on? And the way that it moved towards us was so just menacing. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that an orb could be menacing, but I just know that it didn't feel good. It didn't feel. Like the green one that was kind of like visiting to say hello. Right,
5: right.
6: It felt angry. And the odd thing is, is when that one would always show up, it would show up whole as this big volleyball size light. And it would always move around the bookcase. And then eventually, what we found behind that bookcase was actually an empty room. And it had stairs that went nowhere. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. And so your mind starts to race when you put together the potential history of this house Mm -hmm. and the potential violence that took place. And then you start thinking about these toys in the walls and in the crawl space for like basins for somebody to wash up in. And then you find this room that's been sealed off with a bookcase that has stairs to kind of nowhere. And this angry orange light that's just mad. I don't know, man. I don't know what happened at this house. I just know that it's almost like it collects whatever it is that is there. Or maybe it wants to collect.
1: I don't know. Why do you wall off a a room, right? Like, everybody can use a little more space, right?
6: Right. (laughs) A little square footage is always nice. Yeah, why do you
1: wall off? Like, that's a weird thing to do, right? It's
6: odd. It's odd. But this house was so weird. And it's still a strange house. Like, you know, whatever possessed... And my stepfather built this house, So he just started building and building and building. We were only supposed to have uh, a little bit of a bigger addition for a, a bedroom and a bigger bathroom. And he decided to go up and up and to the point where he ended up building a tower at the top of the house. For so like what? You know what? I mean, like
1: that's kind of it, awesome. Like, <laughs> you know it I've always, I've always had a dream of having like a, a tower with my art table at Absolutely. the top. Just yeah. Just have my art room up up at the top of the tower. Well,
6: listen, you could have. So you know what? That was kind of like his thing too. He's like, well, you know, I could play my guitar up there, man.
1: You know? <laughs> when you moved to Baltimore, did weird stuff follow you?
6: It's funny you said that. I was thinking about if anything did or may have followed me to Baltimore. And I had a few sleep episodes there that I don't know that it wasn't the usual swirly spidery things, but that's where I started, you know, really trying to to figure out how to actually control that part of it. But in Baltimore, it was, as weird as it sounds, and maybe it was, I don't know, moving away for the first time, but I could not not be at the family house. And maybe it was a homesick thing, but the only time I felt actually comfortable not being at the family house was when, so when I first moved up there, I actually moved to Cecil County. Mm-hmm. And are you familiar like the Elkton area? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had the most wild experience of like bluish white orbs in the woods there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my friend – I don't know how I keep finding these places where people have, like, large swaths of land. My friend's family owned 100 acres, and the family had effectively 11 kids, so each kid got roughly about 10 acres of land. And so I actually was able to live in this beautiful valley-like area right next to – I guess I think it's called Turkey Point is the park up there kind of butts up against whatever land that they had. Mm -hmm. That was the most comfortable. I felt like I didn't have to be back at the family house. And so I was able to actually, and this sounds so weird that I have to, had to think about staying away from the house, but I was able to stay away from the house I didn't go visit for like two, three months. I stayed there. I was happy. I was good. I And I had like, it was a split level house and they had a, a an extra, you know, apartment. And so I was on that bottom floor and my friend actually got me the job when I was um, in Baltimore. So, you know, we worked together and we actually had a night shift. We had to go check on the kids that we were effectively responsible for.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: And so I was waiting for her, so I had stepped out. This was probably so their curfew was they had to be in their apartments at midnight. So we would have left easily at 1045 just to be safe. It was only like a 45 minute drive, but so I guess probably close around like ten forty-five, eleven. 11 I was waiting for her outside. And I see these I guess... Um, like willow, the wisps, right? Like, mm-hmm. like these blue, beautiful, bluish white lights, kind of in the the woods. Like I said, even this house that I'm in now, and I've only been here for about a year, and so I just got here, uh, and I moved in. I'm in the Seaford, Delaware area, and I have the Manicoke River, literally in my backyard. So I'm standing on my back porch right now, and I can see it. And once again, I don't have anything historical to back it up. But this house has some weird stuff going on. And my sleep paralysis kicked off really crazy here.
5: Mm.
6: But here, I was able to... This sounds so crazy and wild. When I would leave my body here, and actually even at the last location, at the last house I was at, it was almost like I would go astrally somewhere else. I don't know how else to explain it, but everything had like a purple pink hue to it. And it was almost like the people that saw me. So it would be daytime when I would leave my body and everything was purpley pink. And the people that saw me there in that space, so strange. I don't know how else to explain it. Like they knew I wasn't supposed to be there. Hmm. It's the weirdest thing. So the history of this house. So last fall, last October, effectively like right when we got here, I was for whatever reason, you know, I'm up like almost every other night around three o'clock in the morning, like wake up. Uh, so I'm up and I'm trying to get myself to fall asleep, and of course, what better way to fall asleep than to turn the TV on and watch, <laughs> you know, whatever show? Mm-hmm. So I'm watching TV, and I don't know, I'm watching some kind of something, and and I hear it screaming, and I'm like, "Is that the show?" And I and of course, like I'm listening, and I hear it louder and louder. But long story short, my neighbor's house is burning down.
1: Oh wow, jeez.
6: And yeah, so. I, my brain turns off. I don't even know what I was thinking. So instead of, you know, being a rational individual and going out my door to help them, I just jump out my bedroom window because my bedroom window is closer to their house. So, <laughs> first floor? First floor. Thank okay. God. <laughs> first floor. All one story. So I jump out the window because that makes, yeah. It's totally helpful, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no shoes, no nothing, man. Just go out the window. And so there's also this patch of woods between us, and I have no shoes on, and Uh. whatever. Like, I'm going through it. And so, God bless them. It was terrifying. The neighbor and I ran into the house to get the grandfather out, and then the mom and dad were—
1: you ran into a burning house without shoes on?
6: I surely did. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, 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 anything goes down. I want you around. That's all right.
6: Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so, like, you don't know how you're ever going to react in anything like that. Sure. Yeah. Until, like, until it
1: happens, you don't know. Yeah.
6: Until you know what I mean? In the, the fact that, like, my crazy brain was like, "Well, this is happening. Let's do this." So, <laughs> wow. Um, so it's freezing. They're all in. You know, completely disheveled and watching their house that they've had for decades i mean this guy built his house like 1972 Mm
5: -hmm.
6: and it's burning to the ground and they have animals so we get the grandfather out we find the dog and the guinea pig i still have the guinea pig (laughs) that's great (laughs) Like, like still have the guinea pig so long story short they don't have anywhere to go so i'm like well you're coming to my house I bring them in. I get them clothed because all of their clothes are either completely sooted or they didn't have any on. I don't know what the hell is going on. But either way, I get everybody taken care of. And we had to flag down the fire truck because the crazy thing about both of our houses is you can't see us from the road. So we're kind of down in a way. Mm -hmm. After I got them settled and watered and whatever they needed to kind of process out what the hell just happened because I'm still adrenalized, you know, from everything. They were with me for a little bit until we were able to get them settled into a hotel, but they tell me, they turned to me, and I had never met these people before. They just said, you know, is this house haunted? And I was like, why? You know, because when you're in the backyard at this house, something will throw stones at you. Huh. Something. You'll have pebbles just be thrown. And I'm like, of course, once again trying to rationalize this. Maybe it's a bird that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> builds a stone nest, whatever, and it dropped it. So they asked me if the house is haunted. I'm like, I don't I don't see anything. I just got here. Like uh I said but you know, the weird thing was is that in the fireplace I had found a statue of Pan in the fireplace.
5: Hmm.
6: Right. And like, I didn't think that Pan was anything fire related, but I did know that I needed to be careful of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's an odd little detail. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Well, right. And so I immediately didn't feel comfortable with it and I did not know why it was there. I didn't understand because it was hanging from the flute of the fireplace.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's a weird place. Like, so could you see it or did you have to like get into the fireplace to actually see it? I
6: had to get into it. So yeah,
1: that's a weird, yeah, that's weird.
6: It's weird. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I actually might've even potentially kicked off something. So, I think I had all of that energy of them coming in and then they tell me that apparently the lady that built this house was murdered in the backyard. Hmm. She was killed. And I'm going, There's no possible way. Like but then I relayed to them about finding the pan in the fireplace. So apparently the lady she was an elderly woman of by the time that this happened and she had a caregiver that would come and help her around the house, do tours and run errands for her. And this caregiver had gotten into some trouble, but was effectively trying to get himself together. And so the older woman effectively invited him to come and like do yard work here. So gave him a little cash here and there just to try to help him get on his feet. And apparently, the uh, son one day, unbeknownst to the, his mother, who was the original caregiver, um, came with a few friends. And by a few, I mean, uh, this is, of course, being relayed to me by people who just went through an extremely traumatic event. And Lord, this elderly woman outside, he was talking to her about what, how he kind of wanted to cut the shrubbery and how, you know, let's, because like I said, the dock and the river is right. In the backyard. And I guess he lured her down there. And shot her. Oh
5: my goodness.
6: Yeah. So he could rob her. Oh. Uh, stole her jewelry. Her, her, you know. Anything of value. I had not told them. About the experience I had. I have a son. I have a 10 year old. And so my 10 year old. Was here. And I was in the bedroom. And I had seen him walk outside and he had on his black hoodie and he walked past the bedroom window and I came, Now the rule is period because we have the river because you just, you're 10. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're going outside, you need to let me know. Right. And so I had come out of my bedroom to come get him <laughs> and to let him know about it. And he was still sitting in the living room. Hmm. And so this house, it's just, it doesn't feel negative inside the house. But distinctly, like, you can feel something happening in the backyard area. And that was before I found out about this potential crime. Because, of course, I'm trying to do any research on it, and I can't find anything. And I wasn't going to bother these people that are... Going through this entire life upheaval. Like, yeah. hey, can you give me the details? of right. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't going to do that. So I might, you know, later on down the line, once they're settled, ask them a little bit more, especially the grandfather. Um, I see him quite a bit. I might kind of poke around a little bit more there but there's definitely some kind of weirdness going on and of course just me there's some kind of weirdness going on with me anyway. You
1: know? yeah, I mean <laughs> I hate saying it to people but I, I like sometimes I would I ask is like do you think it's maybe you're the one who's haunted?
6: It has to be yeah, because yeah. So I'll end it, I'll end it with this cuz I promise I, I I won't keep you know Perseverating because that spider web that you had talked about, mm-hmm. how you kind of you just as you're you're talking, you go, know, oh and oh and I remember this. You know what I mean? These yes. things keep keep kind of coming back, and coming back. Yeah, it's, it's it's just been a lifetime.
1: Very difficult to tell a linear story about this stuff because it it's connected in so many ways. Like the, you know yeah.
6: Well, and you're a saint because a <laughs> you put it together in in a beautifully succinct way that. While I'm listening, I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm there with them. I oh. can see what they're talking about. So, so thank you for taking something that can be so circumspect, but something that can be so ineffable, and putting words to it for people. Oh, so, goodness. I I appreciate that.
1: Thanks so much. That means a lot.
6: Thank yeah. You. No. It, well, it means a lot what you do. So here. With my sleep paralysis, Um, I've been able to come out of my body a little bit, but mainly I've been visited three times by this one entity, and I've never seen her before, and I haven't seen her since. I haven't seen her probably for about two months now, And, and it's so weird and it's so I don't even I'm just gonna go out and say I'm just putting out hey, I've said a bunch of crazy stuff already, so let me just put it out there. I have been visited by this frog woman. I know.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm no I'm very interested. no i am I d I'm I'm pausing because I'm I'm taking every detail in. Go ahead.
6: Okay. And uh, It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. This is the first time within sleep paralysis where something feels so distinctly, like, real. She's there. I know she is. I feel insane when I see her. Um, Like I said, about two months ago was the last time I saw her, and she was She was at the foot of my bed and the foot of my bed faces the river. I don't know if she's connected to the river, but the first time I saw her and I say frog woman because her hair is muddied, um, but she's got like a human enough face and she's at the foot of my bed, but her arms and legs are elongated like a frog, like, and she's got wet fingers. It's like this weird, half-human <laughs> amphibious being. And I had mentioned this to a family member, and they said, oh, "What did they call her? She's Fae." I said, "Is that La 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 Lagaruna, La which is like a Fae." half-woman, half-frog lady. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) of course, my brain's like, I don't know. I have no idea. But she's shown up three times now, always at the foot of my bed. The first time, she stood very still, and she was, I mean, right there at the foot of my bed, but kind of in the middle of the room. And then the other two times, she's at the foot of the bed, And then she almost dissipates. She moves to um, the other side of the room very quickly as if there's like a way for her to get in and out there. Mm -hmm. Like that's the only way for her to get in and out. I don't know how to explain it other than that. I don't know. And I've done, I'm trying to figure out what this is. Is this Fay? Is this Native? Any kind of folklore? Because they, of course, there's lots of folklore around the frog and water and, you know, depending upon whatever tribe affiliation it may be and, and their myths and their, their, their stories. But, you know, I'm just starting to kind of poke around there, but that's been the wildest. I just, I don't know. <laughs> so You know, maybe it, me. maybe it is me that's haunted. Maybe it's me that, is open enough and maybe i'm walking around in all these areas and i'm charging something you know and, and maybe i'm opening these weird little doors yeah
1: that... i mean chicken and egg you know what i mean maybe <laughs> maybe you're drawn to these areas that have stuff happening without knowing it you know without realizing yeah. it consciously maybe you're a key you know to unlock something I, yeah i don't maybe. know
6: you never want to put yourself as anything, you know, oh, here I am. Look what I'm, right. you know? yeah, and you that's went, what I always yeah.
1: say. I always, I always say it's not – no one has magic powers, right? No. I always make that clear. But just like drawing or music or something, some it comes easier to some people, yeah. I think. And I think that's what happens. I think just some people can access it easier than others. It's not that anybody has special abilities or anything like that. Yeah. So is she wearing clothes, this frog woman? <laughs>
6: <Yeah>. <laughs> i could hear the smile in that question
1: i know that i wrote in, in my uh, i don't know what number book it was in my book don't look behind you i was called by a woman it was after midnight one night this woman called my phone and said uh she says, you write about toad road i'm like yeah and she started telling me stories and she's telling yeah. me various stories of it. and she's but she gets to the end of her her stories and says you know the thing you had to really be worried about was the frog or the toad man she's the toad man i'm like what and she's, and <laughs> yeah she's like yeah the toad man lived down there in the creek it was an actual toad man and i was like whoa and now like when i was writing my first book my friend told me something his father saw and i put it down as like a bigfoot thing because i didn't know what else to put it down as but the way he described yeah. it, he said is it was like squatting in the road. And his father saw this thing and he said his father would never be clear. He was like, it was just, he's like, I can't tell you what it was. I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, it was a, it was humanoid. But beyond that, he's like, it was just, it shouldn't have been there kind of thing. It
6: shouldn't have been there. And that's, I like think when I first saw her, I could not wrap my brain around what it was about her. At first, like I knew she was not fully human. I don't know if she had clothes on, or n- I just remember seeing, you know, how a, a toad or a frog's belly would be lighter.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: So it, you know, my brain wants to say, oh, it's, it was kind of like a white t-shirt, but it might have very easily just been the the whiteness of the belly. But she's human-sized. It's not. You know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And she was so dis. She has been so distinctly there. Whether there is in this other realm that I'm glimpsing for a moment. But once again, she didn't scare me, and so then I was like, maybe that was that Lagaruna or whatever that fae. I think that's like a Brian Froud piece there, but. You know, something helps us at this house. So things will apport constantly. We'll ask for it if we lose it, and it will just be laying on one of our tables. Isn't that amazing?
1: To- like, that's such an amazing yeah. thing. Like It's it's,
6: a, it's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. It's phenomenal. Like, it, and, and it's, it's helpful. And so... It's this weird dichotomy of whatever negativity might be happening out in that yard area, inside this house space, there's this helpfulness to it. So here, let me give you another help. And maybe this is wild too, but my partner, and I just experienced this in August. We, we had a flight out of BWI at 625 that was departing. So we needed to be boarding by five 55, right? Mm-hmm. We live Seaford, Delaware, right? We missed our alarm huh. and woke up at four o'clock in the morning. Wow. Tim, wait, we didn't leave here until roughly four 30, four 40 in the morning. We had to get the dog walked. We had to get the cat fed. We had to get everything. We had to get the luggage in the car. We had to get dressed. We were freaking out. How were we going to make it leaving Seaford at 4 40 in the morning and making it to Baltimore, parking the car, getting into the airport, getting to our plane and boarding, right? How is this going to happen? It shouldn't, right? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Time is not adding up here. We should have called it in. We said, nope, we're going to do it. I don't know what, and you can ask her, I don't know what happened on this road. We're driving. We leave our driveway. We take a left out. We're going down the road. And the street lights are on because it's still, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, four thirty, four forty in the morning. And we get to a point where... I look at her, and she looks at me, and we said, what's happening? Because the streetlights kept repeating themselves, and the road that normally takes us um, maybe three to four minutes to traverse felt like it took us 15, 20 minutes. Because we kept passing the same streetlight in the same house, in the same streetlight in the same house, and we're looking at each other like, "What is happening?" When I tell you we made it to that airport and we got on that plane at boarding time, I don't know how we did it. Wow, it was wild, but something helps us here. I swear to God, I don't know what it was. I don't know if there was guardian angels that said, no, you're making it. though." (laughs) I don't know how that happened. I still haven't fully processed how weird that is. Because I tried to do the math. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Like we should have missed the flight.
1: Especially you now with like the the the, uh, the security yeah, parking the security parking
6: yeah. at VWI, and you have to catch a bus.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
6: You can't just like stroll up. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah <laughs> like, you need out of to there. park and
6: then catch a bus.
1: A Couple years ago, yeah, I had to park the car, get a shuttle, yeah,
6: get up there. Yeah, shouldn't have happened, man. I don't know. I'm so blown by it. It's so crazy. But anyhow. So, you know what? Maybe Frog Lady's good luck. I don't know. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe she's helping me out. And, and maybe just, you know, the strangeness and otherness of it all, I get to kind of peek it a little bit. And so there's a fortunate nature there to that. I don't know. And maybe even seeing the scary stuff, I was about to use another four letter word. Um, maybe seeing the scary helps me, I don't know, understand. The scary that's in front of me every day sometimes, you know, and and whatever it is, you know, I don't want to have to even get deeper. It's just all wild. And I just, I appreciate you reaching out, at least letting me kind of ramble things off to you. Oh, no,
1: no, I'm fascinated. And I'm probably going to end up drawing this frog lady. So she had hair.
6: Yes. So she had shoulder length, like brown, wispy hair um but imagine in those wisps, there was like just it was almost as if she took the mud and ran it down like a few strands of hair. Mhm. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and how do you um, do is, does she just have like feminine features? How do you know it's a woman? She
6: she felt very she felt feminine mm-hmm. in her energy and her face was more human it it was shaped more human but she did have like the wider mouth and i don't know why i just call her she it was a lady
1: i I mean that's valid you saw it. you experienced it it's
6: wild you know and like i said i i looked up like frog woman entity and i you know they have like um I think it's Hecate or Hecate, mm-hmm. the Egyptian frog goddess, but she had a frog face in a woman's body. And this was the opposite. This was like a woman's face with like a frog's body, but she was standing up. So, but her legs were still bent like a frog and her arms were long. Like I said, and she had like that long forearm and mm-hmm. webbed hands yeah, so in her hands. Yeah. Her hands were like, Not like they were kind of by her side, but up a little bit. It just was wild. I don't know. She, and then with the the other two times that she has come, she has, she blinked in very quickly as the first time it was almost as if she was standing there to make sure I saw it. Mm -hmm. I saw her and she, like I knew she was there and then she was gone. She, she didn't move like she did the other two times. The other two times she, it was at the foot of the bed again, and but she moved. It was just—I don't know why she's moving. <laughs> it's, it's hard.
1: It's hard not to connect it to the river, right? Well,
6: like, it's hard not to. Yeah,
1: yeah. What's the name of the river again?
6: It's the Nanacoke,
1: Okay, like the Native tribe. Same spelling. Correct. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Correct.
1: Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm going to do a little research and see what I can find. Because yeah, because was, after the, the woman told me about the Toadman story, which I thought, like, like maybe this is a little too much, right? Then I was doing yeah. some research, and I found an article from, I think it was like 1909 or something, from about, uh, you know, two miles away, basically, from, from where she's saying, up the river, yeah. where people had talked about what they called a fish man walking out of the river. And I get was like, out. how different is a toad man from a fish man? You know what from I mean? From a fish man. Yeah.
6: Oh. I would love to know if you, if you find something out, let me know.
1: One more time, like just to go back to one more thing you said, because I, I just can't leave it. The pebbles that get thrown at you every time you're in the backyard or is it just random?
6: Um, It's randomly. It's not every time. But in our yard, we have a garage and then there's a lead to in the back where I guess they would keep, went for the fireplace or mm-hmm. whatever else uh um, and it always comes from back there so it, they get thrown from almost like over the garage and it's hit the cars a few times did
1: you ever pick one up
6: one of the pebbles yeah yeah i actually i'm i'm holding one in my hand right now
1: <laughs> were they warm to the touch when you picked them up
6: i don't no. if you didn't um,
1: notice and then maybe not but that's, uh, then maybe not
6: no yeah. i did not notice that at all it's just a regular pebble i mean we're you know on a river it's just a it's a rock you mm-hmm. know but but it's it they get thrown
1: Interesting.
6: and um yeah it's like this place is alive in this weird sense
1: casey thank you so much for sharing your stories
5: um,
6: listen i appreciate you and your time and i appreciate the work that you do so thank you so much for everything
1: I want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. We could not do Strange Familiars without you. You help us make the show without our patrons. We could not make Strange Familiars. If you like the content we make and you'd like to get more, you can become a patron as well at Patreon, patreon.com slash Familiars. Our patrons get two full extra episodes of Strange Familiars every month. We've already done one for October, our first on-site show in a long time. Chad and I went out to Cador State Park. Who knows what else we'll come up with for this Halloween month and our patrons? Again, patreon.com slash familiars. There's different tiers of support. There's options to pay monthly or yearly. Whatever tier you choose, whichever billing option you choose, you're helping us make strange familiars. patreon.com slash familiars.
3: Are you fascinated by UFOs, the occult, strange history, and more? On October 14th through the 16th at SIR Nashville, the Strange Realities Conference 2022 will take place. Three days of exploring the mysteries of the supernatural, history, UFOs, the occult, and much, much more. Featuring presentations by Steve Berg. Micah Hanks, John Tinney, Adam Gowrightly, Tim Banal, Christopher Ernst, Samantha Engel, Recluse, Nathan Isaac, Melody Blackthorne, Dr. Future, Soraya Askath, Timothy Ritter, Aaron Goulias, Delaney Bowers, Olaf Phillips, and David Metcalf. With workshops by Kiki Dombrowski, Wren Collier, and Michael Hughes. Come join us in Nashville or online. Tickets are available at strangerealitiesconference.com. Find out what everyone is
5: talking about.
1: Continuing our Halloween-themed curiosities, I have here yet another stereo view, Allison. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure it's specifically Halloween, but it is a masquerade party.
2: Oh, the kids are dressed up like adults.
1: The children's masquerade.
2: You know what this reminds me of? Uh, This is... (laughs) It's ridiculous. It does. Do you remember the Star Trek episode about the Grups? about they land on the planet where the the kids are in charge and there's like no one beyond the age of 18 or 19 yes. that's still
1: alive? Yeah, that's a deep cut.
2: <laughs> Somehow that reminds me of this Victorian-era masquerade stereo view. <laughs> yeah.
1: when would you say that's photos from, Alison?
2: Mm, I would say turn of the century, you know, like 1890s to 1900 maybe.
1: All right. We're going to go with that because you're pretty good at sussing these things out. It's the Children's Masquerade Stereo View. You can see an image of this in the show notes. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. Also at our Etsy shop, t-shirts, the traditional blue Awoken Tree Strange Familiars logo t-shirt, but also glow-in-the-dark Awoken Tree shirts, copies of my books, artwork. You can buy originals and prints strange familiar stickers, patches, and much more. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in strange familiars, you should see our stuff come up. While you're on Etsy, Chad's shop is Ruck Rabbit Outdoors, and our friends at Karmic Garden have all kinds of neat, wonderfully smelling things. So check them out as well. Well, I have to go prepare for Albert Twitch Day.
2: All right, it's going to take a couple more days apparently.
1: I think so. A reminder one more time, Twitch Day is this Saturday, October 8th in Columbia, Pennsylvania at the Columbia Riverfront. If you can make it out, we'd love to see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stombra. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stonebreath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash
2: Strange Familiars,
1: where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. Strange Familiars is also on Instagram at Strange Familiars. One word, no underscore. Please give us a follow. And you can find us on the web at StrangeFamiliars.com.
2: <laughs>